0: well hello everyone welcome to unleashed with me dave mcmahon glad you could be here with me i am here with mike london mike london is the owner of reptile kingdom canada he is a martial artist he is a dog training enthusiast all-around great guy he's a drummer percussionist uh contributor to the community he's an educator And uh, he's lots more. I mean, his resume is long, but we'll get through a lot of his resume and and really spend time shooting the shit and having a great time on the podcast with me, Dave McMahon Unleashed, and Mike London, who is uh, right here in the Niagara region operating, uh, as I said, uh, right right here running the Reptile Kingdom of Canada, Highway 20, Fawn Hill, that's where he's hanging his hat. Welcome to uh, welcome to my live radio show and podcast, Mike. Come nice and close to your All right. microphone. Thanks
1: for having me, Dave.
0: Hey, it's my pleasure. We got some new microphones, so that's pretty sick.
1: Mike, where were you born? Where were you raised? Well, not, not too exciting of a story. Uh, where, where I live now, Welland, is, is where I was born. I'm actually uh, living in the, you know, I bought my parents' house off them, so... I thought you were going
0: to say, I'm actually living in a car. <laughs> 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 That'd be pretty fucked up. Not right. anymore.
1: No not disrespect anymore. to anybody who's you know, going through that the, rough time uh, right now. So, yeah, so I live in Welland. It's where I was born. lived a few other places, but nothing too uh, far away. Um, and uh, actually, I'm a big fan of the Niagara region. I, I read a thing today saying that Welland was uh, one of the one of the most hated cities in all of Canada. It was like ranked number eight. And uh, why I, Welland? You know, Welland I,
0: loves their beer. I. They love their beer. They love their weed. They love their hockey.
1: It's beyond me. Dude. I love Welland. I, I got love three d- three daughters living Welland. I love the Christ Niagara sakes. region. I've been some places around the world, and I'm. I'm Happy and proud to to live where I do. I, so many people complain about it, though. It kind of, it kind of. A lot uh, of people are kind of shitting on their hometown oh, they, you know, and down in their hometown. Always making fun of Welland. Always making fun of Dunville. Dunville's another one. Dunville's are, got
0: the friendliest people
1: they're, around. They're, 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 these are beautiful places with lots of waterways, lots of hiking, yeah. um, all sorts of. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I I, I find it. Uh, we got Niagara Falls. It's like a you know a little mini big city. You know. It's, uh. (laughs) That's right. Works with me, man. I, I like it. Yeah. I'm a lifer.
0: Mm-hmm. and um, we're going to talk about your drumming passion you're a mar- your martial artist as well you do jujitsu I wanted to touch on that a little bit I want to talk about your reptiles your animals um, but you have dogs and, and you have uh, enrolled in the Dave McMahon Dog Academy we won't talk too much about dogs but tell us about your little dog that you're currently training uh, with you're training with well, me right now with yeah. your little dog
1: yes little wiener yes. dog yes you know I've been meaning to talk to you about this for a while but uh, <laughs> we now when in the training class and when we we have the training collar on him when we bring him out bring him canadian tire bring him out for walks bring him out in public around people this dog is amazing he's a sweetheart yeah he obeys well um you know we couldn't ask for a better dog now when it's just me and the fiance at home um this thing's a little honey badger he is <laughs> I, I honestly I've raised a lot of big tough dogs over the years I've never had a challenge like this but so this my, is like, a
0: feisty little fucker
1: it, it's like we brought a wild orphaned animal into our home <laughs> and he uh, we don't we're at a loss of what what to do so okay. we, I need to take that behavioral
0: yes you need to leg. seek out the free behavior consultation yes, with yes.
1: me personally this is my second time around for the beginner course maybe we could do an hour instead of a half an hour because I'm going to need it.
0: You know what we're going to do? We're going to schedule a time for you to either stay after class for some one-on-one uh, advice and tips because you're in a group class so we can schedule time for you to stay after class. We'll do the free behavior consult or we can schedule time to do the free behavior consult before your group class and that way I can answer specific questions that you have and address your concerns because as you know in the group there's not a lot of time for that. There's a set itinerary, right. a oh, set right. curriculum exactly, and it's all the academic academic obedience commands but as far as the behavior uh
1: issues i'm going to help you resolve those uh mike i mean we love him to death and he's an amazing dog i think part of the problem is i he is so smart he figures things out he's a clever little fucker and we you know when we first went to see <laughs> yeah. them it was like i like the one with the blue collar the fiance like the one with the green collar and that was the really mellow one I picked the one that the lady was calling the pick of the litter he learned everything first he's dragging the other ones around by the scruff of their neck and this wow what a mistake I should have listened to her you know we should have got the, me- the w- now now mind you like I said we love them and we yeah. and it's it's uh there's you know we're gonna do everything we we need to do but he this one gives you a run for your money oh my goodness some pronounce it dachshund some say dashhound right but they've
0: got the cutest nickname in the entire universe right.
1: you know what the nickname I'm is i'm told all the time i have a nice wiener
0: you have a nice so. wiener and when people say to mike you got a nice wiener they are referring to his dog because the dachshund or dashhound of course has the coolest nickname of all dog breeds and it's the wiener dog now um, i don't want to digress But I do want to throw in a little plug for the wiener dog races are coming to the Ford Erie racetrack this summer. I'm pleased to be a sponsor once again with the Dave McMahon Dog Academy, and I'm pleased to present the awards to the fastest wiener dogs that will be racing. This will be the third year that I've sponsored the wiener dog races in Ford Erie at the Ford Erie racetrack. You ought to see these little fucking wiener dogs rip down. Wow, they can run
1: so fast. I believe it. these dogs, you, you know, you think they're like more of an ornamental breed, but the thing that we got, it's like a, yeah. it's an athlete. Like, yeah. I cannot believe how this thing climbs like a billy goat. Like it's, uh, you know, they got, they got legs that are three inches long, but, uh, Do Billy
0: goats climb. Cause I don't I know don't a lot know. about
1: did well, the mountain goat climbs but, you know. like a
0: fucking monkey would make more sense to me. But anyway, um, so, so Mike, you've had
1: big dogs over the years yes. as well. Lots of big dogs. Uh, I've become like... I'm a dog enthusiast and, and, you know, I I love them. I uh, started off... Like, we had a family dog when I was younger. I I didn't appreciate it for what it was back then. But um, then I decided I wanted to get a, a Doberman. That's always been my favorite dog. I got... Doberman named Bones, and uh, it's kind of how I got the nickname Bones, and uh, it was the most amazing dog I ever experienced. He had really bad separation anxiety. Your
0: dog's name was Bones? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you took over the nickname it, Bones. It, it's, and you it, hijacked it, the dog's I fucking name? I hijacked
1: his name. Now, there was a story when I was younger where they were calling me Bones the drummer back in the falls when I was in high school, but um, but yeah, it was mostly came from my Doberman's name. He had massive separation. Like, I brought this dog everywhere, but he hated being alone. I ended up getting a big Mastiff-type dog, the Japanese Tosa, as a... As a, as a Pl- like a friend for him and they were the best of friends ever and the guy that I got him from uh, or her from she was two years old or three years old and he had plans to breed her with a grand champion male Cypress from uh, Sterling, Illinois uh, you know <laughs> and shit. I was like oh, I'll take on your dream I'll go do it you know so I met up with this guy Daryl Dieterly, and,
0: uh, and
1: and bred the Tosa never done anything like this in my life I had no idea you know I mean for the most part but I had the resources to learn exactly what i needed to do good friend of mine helped me talk me through it and um uh, yeah you know most of the puppies went to the states went to football players went to i was driving them to philadelphia i was sending them out there and then you know, the uh i did it twice waited a year in between did it twice and then uh then I, re- I ended up keeping two of the pups, Shaka and Isis. The mother passed away from bloat uh, halfway in. I've had dogs pass away from bloat. It's no fun at all. I raised these nine Mastiff puppies when they were two weeks old, uh, nursing them with the S-black. You know, by the time you were done feeding the last one, the first one's hungry again. And... Uh, Yeah, so I ended up keeping two of the pups and I don't think I'll ever breed dogs again because you just get too attached to them. It's too hard. You know, people refer to them as though I'd like to pick it up on Sunday and I'm like, it's not an it, sorry, you're not getting it. You know, I'm just a little too emotional for for the dog breeding scene. (laughs) You're
0: a true animal lover, Mike. You are 100% true animal lover.
1: And then, and then from that point on, I just had it with a series of, of friends and family and strangers giving me dogs that they didn't want anymore. It was kind of like, oh, you do good with dogs. you have dogs? Here, have a dog. And that's how we ended up with this little, this, this Pitbull guy, Bogey. Uh, I ended up with a, a Vizhla. We had a, a... You became a dumping ground for uh, unwanted it, it right. dogs. And and, and <laughs> I, you know, I, the, the, the secret is that I really loved it, you know, because I just love dogs, right? So I, I cannot get enough of dogs. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, uh, but now I'm at the point where I just went through a pretty rough time with two senior dogs passing over. It's like, tough, the isn't it, when, you,
0: when they get into the it's, geriatric stage? Yeah,
1: yeah, it is. So one wiener is enough for me right now. Um, but I'm already I'm I'm on Kijiji and looking at different dogs all the time and. Uh, but uh, I'm not going to pull the trigger on anything too soon. Not,
0: not, I want to know when you got your first reptile. Were you a young child at yeah, the time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what it was, was it?
1: It started like, that was a passion for, I was pretty much born with it. You know, I got a, I got a, 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 a set of encyclopedias when I was a kid, and uh, I just couldn't get enough of the dinosaur one and the snake one, you know what I mean? Just kept going reading those ones over and over and looking at the pictures, and so eventually I just got these little dinky lizards from the local pet store. It was, it was the pet store slash pawn shop and uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. and uh, i got oh, a couple what's called anoli lizards and uh, i didn't know what i was doing i was a kid so they died right and then uh but then eventually i was a little more responsible i i got a, a green iguana i don't know, it was probably seven or eight years old i was young maybe nine i don't know but uh that again that that was kind of like a, a mix of success and failure uh, like again like the, the the educational part just really isn't out there or i at least wasn't out there back then and um so then then i stopped keeping reptiles for a while because the main thing was that i was obsessed with snakes and i wasn't allowed to have one so my mother's deadly like she's just definitely terrified of snakes right and so what happened was in high school a lot
0: of people are scared of fucking snakes oh
1: yeah yeah um in high school i convinced her to be able to get one well within weeks I had two. within months I had 10 I was trading my skateboard my Nintendo I was just offloading anything I had to get money to buy more snakes I was just obsessed with them I just love snakes yeah uh, but
0: what, again, what is it about snakes that, that you became obsessed about I don't you even like even their know. long it's sleek like, bodies I
1: I and the to admit like, because or most, the feel of them, what, look, what do you like about snakes? Mostly Mike? all I knew about them back then when I became more or less obsessed with them was, I guess the look, I just love the color, the pattern, the look, the head, the body, the shape. Uh, and then, and then you get to hold one one day and you're just like, this is the most amazing thing I've, I've ever experienced in my life. You know, some people like it, I guess it's all how you perceive it. Right. Some yeah. people think of it as like, this is the scariest thing I've ever done. I, I really enjoyed it, really embraced it. I happened to be in the same city as as Canada's first reptile zoo, the Seaway Serpentarium called Fortin, you know. Uh, So I I ended up meeting him and a couple other people that, these guys were obsessed with snakes to the point where they had, you know, they had bedrooms filled with vipers and and boas and and rattlesnakes and cobras and, I mean, just beyond anything. And this was in Welland. This was in Welland, yeah. Yeah. Another It's not just a serpentarium, there were many friends of yeah. his that had, like, these secrets that, you know... This would only happen in rooms. Welland, i yeah. And so that just got me more hooked, and I don't know. So before I knew Were it... Were you
0: friends with Carl when he had his reptile
1: uh, sanctuary in Welland? Like, okay, so... Or a client of his? He... he he opened up the Seaway Serpentarium in the Seaway Mall between 1994 and 1996. He went out of business in two years. It was it turned into he was in Nigeria catching monkeys, trying to get permits to bring them back. While Alistair Kerr and and, and Mike Allen of the Seaway Mall were trying to shut down and, and euthanize all the animals because the place was falling apart and it was in, in tons of debt and and you know and he's he's gallivanting around the the, the <laughs> world trying to get more animals for it. Right. he well,
0: crumbling back in well right and he's
1: just not a businessman right he's just uh so unfortunately everything got moved back to his facility his original facility and he renovated it and added buildings onto it or rooms or whatever you want to call it and it stayed there from 96 until he passed away in 2011 and uh when i met him it was when he was back at that facility i started volunteering for him so before i knew it every monday every thursday i was cleaning all the crocodiles, cleaning a bunch of snakes and turtles and monitor lizards and, and this and that and it was like, uh, it was nothing that anybody would be able to experience that is a volunteer position anywhere else. This guy was so unique. Like I, you know, I wouldn't he have,
0: was a trippy dude. He, I met him. He, he was, was a very uh, trippy dude.
1: He was one of the most eccentric people I've ever met and uh, like <laughs> after he died, everybody realized, wow, what a, like, you know you know that song from Frank Sinatra that I, I did it my way, like he. Should Sure oh, did yeah. it his way Yeah, you know and pe- people uh, said you know Carl you, you smoke too much and you drink too much you're not going to live He liked to toke nothing wrong with that right He didn't he didn't toke marijuana but well, he was smoking cigarettes but, so I thought he was a toker oh, he, he he grew marijuana and used it to fund his ser- serpentarium <laughs> and uh, <laughs> but he did not smoke it he said it gave him bad anxiety but he drank oh like boy. a fish his saying was I, I I drink like a fish I smoke like a chimney I got a house full of venomous snakes and crocodiles I drive like a maniac you think I want to live a long time that's a, that, that's a quote right from Carl Fortin right there okay and he, he yeah he didn't live a long time to God. But I tell you, he did more. The stories, the stories. Like, so I was w- he? Would you go as far as saying he was your mentor, mentor in some regard? In some regard, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. The, the man was a genius in a sense. He, he he could speak, read, and write five different languages. He went around the world fighting governments and uh, you know smuggling animals if he couldn't get the permits. And like this guy got put in jail in multiple places around the world for for doing what. Well- and he did it all in the name of reptiles. He didn't give a shit about the money. Yeah. I'll tell you right now, he didn't care about the money one bit. His father almost won a Nobel Prize for, for, a, for a method of curing cancer, devitalization. You, you Google it, and uh, it's there. Um, his, his parents were top surgeons in, in the Czechoslovakia. He grew up in a very prestigious family. And, um, you know, he so he had the background. He had the knowledge. He was a biologist. He came to, to, to Canada, built this Serpentarian. Uh, continued some education at Brock, and what I I was told, was after six months, he was teaching courses, you know, and uh, so he he was a really smart guy. He was a clever motherfucker. He was a real clever one, yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, all right,
0: so we talked about you as a kid, you were attracted to that doesn't sound right you were uh <laughs> enthused with snakes yes well you were attracted to them oh yeah you were absolutely. magnetized I, to them. yeah no you, you know you love to play with snakes you love the feel of them the look of them you love their long tongues <laughs> you love to hold them and uh I yeah no problem so let's talk about reptile kingdom canada when did you open the doors on Reptile Kingdom Canada, which is right here, Highway 20, right, right. in the Niagara region in Font Hill.
1: Right, right. When I mean, did
0: that open? Well,
1: because I mean, you're the owner, you should yeah, know. Yeah, I, I, I should know. Uh, so, I mean, just a little bit of background, I'll make it quick. In high school, if you would have told me I would have been anything different from a drummer, you know, I, I wouldn't have believed it, but I don't know, things change. And, uh, I started experiencing like some some pretty severe wrist problems from I was playing like crazy you know I was I was in high carpal school, tunnel and, yeah it was basically carpal tunnel syndrome yeah and uh, so it kind of discouraged me a little bit and then I found this and then I, I just once I got my first snake and I and I started going to these reptile expos and reptile symposiums and seeing these other people that can make a living from breeding these amazing animals I I was just like I was hooked that's what I wanted to do and uh, but after doing that successfully for I'd say about four or five years I I was really turned off from it because I realized that most of like the, the, the education wasn't out there I was sending off animals to a wholesaler that I spent you know blood, sweat, and tears raising these babies for three months, and then I would get, get a message from them, I need a credit for 17, they d- died on the road, you know, and I'm like, died on the road? I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? You yeah. so, know, like, just uh, <clears throat> leaving them in a van. I was wondering how long it was going to take you to swear on you know? this fucking podcast. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, I start I thought, you know what, I wanna get into the educational aspect of it. Started doing educational reptile shows. I took the Dale Carnegie course to get my Come on. gear. I can touch all oh, that oh, fucking yeah. shit. I went back as a junior. Public coach. speaking <laughs> public relations. And uh and then, I, in 2007, I opened up the, the reptile store on Highway 20. It was in Unit 1 at the time. I was splitting the unit with a friend who was a maniac, and uh, he's out in PEI now. He's uh, doing good. Uh, visited him a few years back. Growing potatoes out in PEI. He's, uh, you know what he's doing? He's in making the, vodka with potatoes. Yeah, he's in the cricket business. And <laughs> is he? Like, yeah, there, and I think you know a lot of strange people, too. Oh, yeah. Oh he's in yeah. the cricket business. He's in the cricket business, which is booming, because they're using it now for protein for dog food and for... For protein for humans Mind they're crap. turning it into cricket can you flour.
0: order me some chocolate covered crickets oh, I'm sure I could I could Dirt chocolate I hear it's better for you and yeah. put the cricket in the middle of it <laughs> I need more protein. Sorry not to take from
1: you. Yeah, no, so the the, the, uh, the store then turned into a reptile store. Like, and I was doing the shows on the side, and, but it also is, it turned into the... People kept dropping off reptiles, turned into a rescue. And then it turned into a reptile zoo because we had so many cool rescues that... Uh, and I mean, a lot of people, I still hear about it. We just got a Google review today, three stars. The ladies like, disappointed we didn't have the zoo. She's like, oh, you let us hold some stuff this and that but no zoo three stars it's like where were you when the zoo was there man like we fucking lost all our money with that thing you know what i mean yeah but but anyways (laughs) um yeah so but then eventually we had to close down the zoo like it was just a money pit we we loved it it was great uh and we got way more serious into the uh rescue end of things and that's when the provincial safe house was born Because you are a provincial safe house, yes. Through OSPCA, well, that's how it started. Yeah, I can tell you some. You rescue,
0: you rescue reptiles. Now, and
1: and just to be fair,
0: and and people give you rescued reptiles. Yes,
1: yes, yes. But just to be fair you know the majority of the time okay yeah I was definitely a part of uh, going uh, on some missions with uh, you know the authorities search warrants the, you know kicking down the door clearing the building and then saying okay the send a sh- snake guy in yeah. get wrangle up these boa constrictors or whatever definitely had a few experiences like that but most of the time I was the person receiving the rescued animals from you know they, they had their, their, their agents their inspectors their officers they would go into these places but they they tried to they used to send all these animals to the local shelters the local pet stores and it just wasn't really the best solution for them so they so that's where the, there became a need for something more serious, um, and and that's how uh, I created the the provincial reptile safe House which with a lot of help from uh, uh, John Greer, the uh, executive uh, director of the uh, Welland SPCA. Yeah. He basically without him, great he, guy. He never John's happened. a
0: great guy. Would no. have never
1: happened without yeah. him. He talked me into. it I said, John, I I, I don't even know. Like, what do I? He said, like, just fucking make it up. <laughs> Just like, it's like, doesn't work, try something else. I'm like, okay, I yeah, get it. Yeah, I trial and it. error, yeah. I get yeah. it. So I put together, I did all the leg work, I put all the, you know, everything together, what I thought, how it would run successfully and everything. And um, in 2000, like, I mean, it really started back in 2011, Carl passed away. Um, so there were all these animals left in limbo, a lot of them deadly venomous snakes, giant crocodiles, you name it it was all there, he passes away everybody starts asking, what should we do with all these animals, and we say call Bri Lois from the Indian River Reptile Zoo. he's CASA accredited, he'll know what to do or whatever, he comes down, takes a bunch of pictures of everything says, oh yeah, we're going to help you out, goes to the press and says, the, the OSPCA is totally fucking this complete, this whole job up, and they're torturing these animals they don't know what they're doing, these animals They're not being cared for. properly. Why the fuck do you do that? I have no idea. So they turn on him and they're like, Mike, you're in charge. And I'm like, I, what do you want me to do, man? I run a pet store and a little rescue. Like I can't take in cobras and giant crocodiles and stuff. And well, John, you know, he was like, yeah, you're doing it. You know? So we got in the two big companies. Uh, Little Ray's Reptile Zoo and Reptilia. And they did a lot of the, the, the work, too, and the help. But I was the guy with the keys. I had to go there every freaking night and make sure all this shit was okay. You know what I mean? And no, you know, like, it, it was uh, it was constant. I was dealing with it. The lab, like, the, the, the building was just falling apart. And... Um, you know, but and it went on for months. There was a legal battle. He didn't have a will for all these animals. So we had this. These there was actually uh, that Indian River Reptiles you Place. They broke in in the middle of the night and they were trying to clear out these animals. It turned into a pretty big mess. Um, but I proved myself with the SPCA that I could be trusted, and then we that started the relationship. 2013, Campbellton, New Brunswick. Two boys were killed from an African rock python. Ontario government terrible way to go terrible way to go Ontario government came down hard on the uh, the OSPCA and said what the hell are you doing to prevent this like what you know and they said we are we don't even have funding for our policing and investigations department we're taking money from the charity to fund that which isn't even legal to do and you know and they uh, so they started demanding money from the Ontario government $5.5 million a year was what was the, uh, the the agreement so that they could do a better job at all this stuff. And a very, very tiny portion of that money went to me to run the provincial safe house. And for years and years, it... Uh, it was a success. I would like to think that it got to the point where, like, it's not as much of a problem anymore. I think a lot of these old-school herpers and reptile guys, they, they've all passed away or they've gotten out of it. So there's there's no more, like, huge, giant surprises of, like, you know, where, where there's just going to be tens cur- or hundreds cur- of animals.
0: Currently, Mike, currently, what do you have in your possession as far as reptiles go at your facility in Fond Hill on Highway 20 Reptile Kingdom Canada what have you got under your roof right now
1: Under well okay so just take me through that uh, we have I would say we probably have about about 200 reptiles there now mind you that might sound like a lot but it, it doesn't take much room to have turtles, thirty baby geckos and and I mean it, it kind of goes on and on, but uh, we have a lot of little snakes, a lot of little lizards for the big stuff or the dangerous stuff you know that's that's in, in our safe house and uh, that we, we, you know we got some caimans. we got some venomous snakes, we definitely have turtles, we got some tortoises I mean we pretty much have everything you know yeah. a little bit of everything, but it's ever changing nothing I don't keep what doesn't do well at our place or what has outgrown our place. And, uh, you know, Little Rays, Reptile Zoo, Reptilia, they've both been great for helping me out where basically they take a lot of the big stuff that has outgrown our place. And we take a lot of the small stuff that they just don't need for their zoo or for yeah. their educational programs. But we, we really have a little bit of everything. We have tarantulas. We have scorpions. um you know we're grandfathered into the bylaw to be able to have uh what we do have and i think it's you know i think it's in the, the the region's best interest because we for the most part i think keep the streets a little safer because you know a lot of these animals people don't know what to do with them and uh we we play a big role in like uh you know getting so, people to <clears> sign off on them and surrender talk them. about the legality in the niagara region About owning a a, a
0: venomous snake, for example.
1: Yeah, I mean, for the most part, so you just, you just, uh, there's very few municipalities left that don't have a bylaw to enforce saying that you're not allowed to have these animals. Um, most places, it's it's pretty straightforward. It's all municipal bylaws. Ontario is one of the last provinces that doesn't actually have a provincial law enforcing this. So you can go to Niagara Falls, you're not allowed to have jack shit for the most part. You go over to Thorold, it's a much more lenient bylaw. Welland has a reasonable. Bylaw. Hey, Thorold is great. Hey. But it's 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 for the most part, it's um, you can't have snakes over three meters. You can't have lizards over two meters. You can't have venomous snakes. You can't have crocodilians uh and i would say that's the 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 way it is for the majority of ontario and I, i think that's a pretty good you know those are those are pretty fair uh bylaws you know but like i say it's 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 all one municipality to the next uh, you know, in, in Niagara Falls, it, you're not allowed to have a tarantula. You're not allowed to have a ball python. It's kind of stupid. So many people have to surrender their pets that they love that are completely harmless when their neighbor has some unpredictable German shepherd roaming around their backyard. You know, that's a much more dangerous animal than their snake would ever been, you know. There's
0: got to be a tremendous amount of people getting uh, getting these animals from the black market, though.
1: <clears throat> there's, a, there's a little bit of a... Uh, um, I don't know what you call it. I, I don't know if you call it a black market or what, but there's these, uh, these groups like Facebook groups and stuff where uh, they have all these code words and stuff so that it doesn't look like they're selling animals or whatever they call it, the, uh, this animal's got to fly. So that means it's for sale. Uh, um, and there's all this lingo. I, I don't really, I don't keep up with it. I don't really know. But there's a few pages dedicated to selling. The younger people can tell you what this lingo selling means. Selling giant snakes, <laughs> selling venomous snakes, selling crocodilians and stuff like that. But to be honest with you, it's, um, it, I, I wouldn't say it's causing much of a problem. Most of these people, there's so many YouTubers out there and people around the world that are keeping these types of animals correctly and properly and they show you how to do that that most of the people that have these animals it's like they're you know it's 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 like their pet cat or pet dog well it's like they understand what to do what not to do how to stay out of danger but you know dave how the saying goes right it's always one bad apple that spoils the bunch and that's kind of what happened and that's why these rules are born right yeah yeah Uh, for for the most part for sure and then when you have council members and the mayor that doesn't really understand much about reptiles then they go okay we're, we're just going to ban all this you know so it doesn't necessarily become the most fair bylaw for everybody but um they do it in a way be- that it ensures that okay we'll know the public is safe if we just ban all these you know and um you know it is what it is i understand the way why things get the way you know to, to where they get
0: Listen, I want to hop around a bit because uh, we're only limited for time uh, here. So, uh, have you ever been bit badly by a
1: snake? And if so, what was the circumstance? Uh, yeah, my worst bites have been uh, mostly just big pythons. And That's
0: all. Just big pythons. Big Fuck pythons. Fuck all to worry about. Yeah, you
1: know, the, <laughs> the crazy thing about it is that... Um, you say it like you
0: know, it's
1: nothing, you know. I I grew up with these guys that uh, like these old school herper guys, you know, that had all these venomous snakes and stuff like that. You wouldn't you wouldn't fucking believe some of the rules that that I grew up hearing, you know. And it was like these guys are all have venomous snakes, right? And they say, uh, okay, rule number one. You get bit by a venomous snake. You do not go to the hospital. You know? Yeah. That, that was like the rule. Don't go to the hospital, right? Now, like, the number one Because you're going to be in shit if you go to the hospital. Well, be- this, that too and it's like or, or, okay sorry I should say it more like this the rule number one would be you better be fucking dying if you go to the hospital you know and do not go to the public or the press I mean you know you so because they figured like the more that this got out in the open the more that they were going to come snooping around and then they would you know the, the, the fines or bylaws would be worse for them or whatever right but yeah so th- but for the most part, you know, if you have a venomous snake, uh, you, you, if you ever are bit from it, you know, the, the, you're going to want to go to the hospital right away. Yeah. Uh,
0: so your advice very, is you should go to the very hospital. Very serious
1: matter. But if you get bit by a python or a boa or any other type of what, what's pretty much considered a harmless snake, it's one of the most safe animals to be bit by. I've been in the, in this animal industry for a long time and I'll take a, a big snake bite, you know, a big boa bite or a big python bite any day over a fucking cat bite or uh, you know, like you get bit by a rat and it hurts more than getting bit by you know, a five foot snake. Uh, these animals, their mouth are clean and they're not made to to bite down and tear uh, or have um, uh, immense jaw pressure they like what they do is their their mouths are made to stretch open so it doesn't give them a very rigid bite so when you're bit by them it's mostly just superficial looks bad but in a few days it's almost completely healed up you know Poly, yeah. A little polysporin on there. A little polysporin, you know. Um, pour the, some whiskey. Pour some the, cheap whiskey on it.
0: Some Jack Daniels. <laughs> Save the good bourbon for later around the fire pit.
1: I don't know. It, uh, yeah. Peroxide? So, yeah, you, you just disinfect it. Disinfect. You know, disinfect it. Do you have to squeeze it? A little bit it. Uh, you know, in case the, there's puffs. Uh, you don't want to squeeze it too much. No? Like, I think. A lot of times what happens is they, these animals have little, long, sharp teeth, you know? Like, almost, like, comparable... To like, like
0: my the, Labrador Retriever puppy. Yeah, something like little that. Little pin teeth. And, and they'll get <laughs> Annoying
1: stuck. as fuck. They'll yeah. get stuck in your skin. Ooh, so if you worse. pull back... Yeah. And so, but it'll be, like, a month later. You just pop, almost looks like a pimple, but this big snake tooth comes out of your forearm or whatever, you know? And uh, it's like, oh, that's what's been fucking bothering me for the last month. You know, I had a snake tooth stuck in me. But again... <laughs> But again, you know, it's like,
0: I will take this... you imagine talking to somebody and they're scratching their arm? Goddamn snake toast
1: stuck that, in my arm. Well, that's me, you know? <laughs> but, uh, you know, you, you, compared to, like, people working with primates or monkeys or... or Dogs or, or shelter animals or farm animals and stuff. And I in my opinion, no, it's 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 way over exaggerated how how dangerous a lot of reptiles are. Now mind you, venomous snakes, different level. Most dangerous animals in the world, basically they're up there. You know? Yeah. But if they're not it's not a venomous snake, then you know, yeah, it's it's not the most uh dangerous thing.
0: All sure. animals
1: can bite if they're stressed out. Right.
0: Or if they've been mishandled.
1: Right. Mismanaged. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Right. I mean, and some just bite because they're just like it's, it's it's a wild animal, you know what I mean? Or yeah. it's it's like, you know, it's a who knows what the hell these snakes are thinking half the time, yeah. you know, like uh for the most part Years ago a lot of strippers Years ago, I
0: remember right. when I used to go see strippers in the bars. Right, right. A lot of strippers would, would come on stage with a snake, kind of like Alice Cooper would come on stage with his snake, right? Right, right. Yeah. Uh, Is it just for shot value, right? I, You know, yeah. It's, you know what I mean? It was a novelty. It's to put
1: on a show. It's to put you on know? a show, you know. And uh, a stripper was actually um, killed on stage by a bow constrictor. I, I, I don't know the whole story, but oh my they, they thought it was part of the act, so nobody helped her. And, fuck! Uh, are you fucking so kidding me? She suffocated, and and I, I think you know. I, I, <laughs> yeah. Hey, well, Holy fuck! That's horrible. I, I don't really believe in using these types of animals for any any type of entertainment like that. Um, for one, it's like the needs of the animal. I think are. Are not considered, you know, and uh, what, what the animal's going through is not really considered. When you use these animals for educational shows and stuff like that, everything is based around keeping the animal happy, keeping the animal comfortable, making sure everything's safe. But when you're doing, like, some entertaining, you know, strip dance on stage with a tiger or a boa. A coaster, lot of these
0: strippers are all jacked up on blow. You're just Not all of them, just a high percentage it, you know? of the market. These
1: animals' needs aren't being met properly, I could pretty much guarantee. So, it... Uh, and if you know if it was a different story sure maybe things would be different but in my opinion yeah you're just kind of asking for it when you're doing shit like that you know yeah do you know where this happened where the stripper was was killed by the snake no i i uh, i just remember that horrible uh, thing that that, happened that's a story that stood out in your mind like when i when i started getting into the reptile business it was all like okay here, here's a python. Here's a boa. God. But don't let anybody know. It's against the law. You know what I mean? And it's like you start asking questions, like, why is it against the law? This doesn't seem too dangerous. Blah blah blah. And then we were going to these reptile club meetings and stuff. And, and there was a story that went around. Oh, well, this stripper that got killed by a boa constrictor. That's why they made this law. I, I think it was in Canada. You know, I think it was in Canada. And then they they started changing all these laws, no boas and pythons. You know. No. So it's like, but I mean, if you start comparing it to like how many people die from dog attacks and farm animals, That's and shit right, like that, it's it's a it's a it's a fraction. It's
0: not like every week you read a story, you know, about a stripper getting killed by her snake. No, you know, you no. don't read about that every fucking no. day. You, year probably, week. you
1: know, fentanyl probably be more. Oh like my the, god, you know, something like that, crystal meth. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> God. So, um, like, like you, I, I can tell you a funny. It's not, it's not a funny story, but we we had uh, family and child services. It might be funny to some. right? It, it, it come to <laughs> us, and they said that we had to go and remove this ball python from a family. And uh, I, I don't know how to give any details, but they uh, we had to remove this this harmless little ball python snake. Uh, in order for this woman to be able to keep her children, okay? We went there. Someone called facts. Somebody called Family and Children's the, Services. Yeah, I think these people the were. The kids are in danger. The, the, I don't know. The, the, I'm when, guessing. When, yeah, when we when we went there, like, it, these people were probably regular offenders or, or like, like I mean, like, the place was trashed. There was fucking needles on the ground. There was all sorts of evidence of, of drugs being used. People were strung right the fuck out. And the only thing, like, like the ball- python was the safest thing in that place and yeah. that's what they were concerned with having removed so that they could keep their children you know what I mean wow. and it's like so I mean it, it, you know, a lot of the shit in this world is just ass you've ass, seen you. a lot of crazy oh, shit you wouldn't fucking believe it Dave like, uh, but for
0: yeah. your own sanity, for your own sanity, you have other outlets as well, and you're a martial artist. Yeah,
1: some healthier than others. You <laughs> are a martial artist. You study jiu-jitsu. Okay, okay. So some, I don't know where the, okay. I, I, the A martial my, artist my is passion, someone who goes for lessons, no? Right, right, right. So <laughs> I, I've been in, in martial arts pretty much my whole life. You know, I, um, I, my passion, I'd say, is probably Muay Thai. You know, I've done the jujitsu thing and uh, I'd like to get back into it. I didn't have the greatest experience with it. You know, I I I was rolling around with all these guys and, you know, the the, the one guy comes, the the instructor comes with a toque on his head the one day and and takes it off and says he wants to give a lesson to the class on uh, on, um, you know, proper sanitation or this and that. He's got fucking herpes growing all over his head from rolling around on the mats doing jiu-jitsu. <laughs> People are shitting themselves while they're doing uh, it because they're trying so hard and stuff like that. Yeah, they're trying to and squeeze you and they're shark like, in your fucking, fucking drawers. You're rolling around, your face is being pushed against the mat. you got, you got a pubic hair in your lip, you know what I mean? It's like, you know I, mean, I didn't have the greatest... <laughs> Good old well and fun. Right? There's some I well like, and fun for you. I'd rather stand up and punch and kick someone, you know what I mean? A <laughs> knee and elbow, whatever, right? So, but just, I, I started out with karate and then his Muay Thai and then, uh, yo, kickboxing did the jujitsu thing. Um, I, 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 it's something that I'd like to continue and be part of for the rest of my life. You know, just to be fair, I'm more, I'm a, I'm an enthusiast about it. I'm definitely not a professional or anything close to it. I like to keep up with it. We got some amazing talent in the Niagara region. A uh, kid lives on my street, Anthony Romero. He's got his own gym in Port Colborne right now. You should get him on the show. I should. Uh, he's going to be in the UFC. He, he's been on the Danaway Well, why don't you uh, hook him contenders. up with me? I will. Connect I will. us together. Yeah, yeah. And there's some great places. Give him my number. This guy named Crew Roger runs uh, Muay Thai Niagara and St. Catharines. This guy's fabulous. I never took lessons from somebody that was was so... He's he's just such a positive uh, teacher. He's a positive reinforcement for everything. And he was just a great guy to, to learn under. Um, and and we got some fighters that like there's a, a girl that's local that's in the UFC right now. Got a lot of local talent doing doing some crazy stuff. I uh, I like to kind of try to keep up with that, keep up with what's going on in the UFC. And um, I I got my own little workout gym with punching bags and stuff like that. And I, you know, probably should, you know, hit them more often than I do. But uh, yeah. you know the way it goes with life, right? But yeah. no, I, I I love martial arts. I always so that's have. one of your I outlets. Love the culture, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, uh, yeah. And you're a drummer you are a percussionist yeah. yes tell us about your drumming yeah so I mean it's just another one of my passions it's something I really love uh, lately I've been more interested in, in trying to do some of my own stuff I, uh, I have you know pretty much everything you would need to to write songs and record them and you know from guitars to bass to synthesizers to you know drums and percussion so i'm i'm in talks with a few friends and guys that i used to do stuff with uh i had something going pretty strong before the whole covid thing and we we uh you know we put out a uh an ep uh or no no sorry an lp um and uh, that was like it was it was a great time, we, you know. Won an award with the Niagara Music Awards, and nice. we, were, we were getting out there playing, Congratulations. And stuff. Congratulations! Uh, but un- unfortunately, like when COVID started, it was the beginning of the end of this, you know. And it slowly just that kind of, COVID got in the way of so much. It did. But I, I'm back at the point now where uh, I'm, you know, I'm planning some stuff out, and hopefully, the next time I'm on one of your shows, I'll have some some really cool stuff to share with you about it but yeah uh, but definitely, and bring
0: some drums next time yeah, so you can, can play on the out. show that would be
1: fun right a little kumbaya oh yeah, uh, man, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's right what other, what other instruments have you played
1: I uh, I like to I fuck around fart around with the guitar. Yeah, a bit. for sure, for sure. Acoustic guitar. Now I got an electric guitar and, and I got some of these pedals that can make it do just about anything. And um, the last thing I, I got was like a, a MIDI keyboard. So it's like it's a keyboard that by itself does nothing. You know, you can hit the keys all day long, plug it in, but nothing's gonna happen. You have to you have to use it with music programs. The keys are just a tool to make the sounds that are programmed into the computer. Or the, the oh, perm, you
0: know, sounds like something I could even but operate. It's,
1: it, it's absolutely <laughs> mind-blowing what the, the home musician can do. Makes it these look good. Days. It's it's absolutely amazing. Like, yeah, you know, uh, yes and no. I mean, at the end of the day, you still have to know a little bit. You're gonna have to know what sounds good, what doesn't, and uh, you know how to how to. You're gonna have to know a little bit about timing, a little bit about melody, a little bit about rhythm. You know. Um, tuning, you know, uh, but this day and age, if you're, if you're trying to sing and you're off key, they got that, uh, auto correct or, or whatever, you know, so I guess just about <laughs> technology anybody. plays yeah. such a big part in everything. Doesn't exactly. It? <laughs> yeah. But it is something that's one of my passions. I, I, uh, will, will always, it'll be a part of my life one way or another, you know, till the you end. Know.
0: So if people want to go to reptile kingdom, Canada, mm-hmm. Your hours are on the website, or do you want to tell us your hours? Can someone
1: come and just visit? Yeah, we we encourage people to come and visit, but unfortunately, there's this you know, we we had the reptile zoo for about a decade, and uh, that's what a lot of people remember us for like we have our customer base where we have people come from all over southern ontario to our store to shop at our store uh because you're selling the food and everything supplies, the food, all that stuff we we have a, a good reputation for being like uh, you know progressive thinking uh pet store we uh, we have uh, an adoption questionnaire form for people to fill out we don't use them all the time but if we if we're a little bit nervous or worried that this person is not going to be providing the proper care we got all the tools in place to make sure they will or that we'll just refuse the the the, the adoption of the animal to them if you know if, if we don't yeah. feel comfortable with it um but a lot of people they think that we still have this reptile zoo this reptile zone you know where you can pay a couple bucks to get in and walk through and that was yeah. great but we don't have it in anymore like we, we were losing thousands. it's not of a reptile zoo year. no it's not a reptile zoo but that being said actually this would be a great time to take to, to let people know this we're my my main show guy sam balsma this guy's amazing he does uh, pretty much all the shows for us and um he you know I've never gotten so many positive reviews from our customers after did, wow Sam was great took so much time with the kids he was so patient knew so much yeah. about,
0: didn't you guys do birthday parties once upon a time where you'd show up with the reptiles for the kids birthday party I mean how cool of a birthday party yeah. would that be
1: no it's still popular we do birthday parties yeah. we do schools campsites uh, Bissell's is is, uh, is a huge customer of ours we do 21 shows this summer at Bissell's campsite two per week and Holy it's just shit. a huge thing. We when I was It's an, it, an hour-long presentation it, well, or what is that? I'd end up staying for about an hour and a half. We'd have a couple hundred people around watching the show. And uh, it just turned into this big thing. It was great, right? And I, I wouldn't rush out of there. They're great customers, so I'd let people get pictures with them at the end and ask questions and hold a few things, you know. So but Sam's my main show guy now, and we're starting an in-house encounter zone where uh, it's not a zoo or anything like that, but you can come to us and have an opportunity get up close and personal like uh kind of like a meet and greet for these where where you can uh touch and hold some of these animals for you know obviously it's gonna cost (coughs) some money but it's not gonna be expensive uh so it's gonna be kind of something in between like what the shows offer and what the zoo offered you know so it's like you can come to us hold some stuff get some pictures and um, it's something that we're working on formulating right now. It's going to be fun. we got a lot of amazing animals for, for people to interact with. And the educational goal, it goes far. I, I run into people that, you know, are, are twice the size of me, and they said, hey, when I was... Seven years old, you came to my house and did my birthday party. I'll never forget that. Yeah. Changed my life. How I'm cool is that? I'm not afraid of snakes anymore. You know, I, uh, it, it helps create a lot of advocate for animals out there. You know, people that, that appreciate uh, the importance of reptiles in the ecosystem and in the world, you know. And, and uh, most people think, you know, they, the thing with a lot of people, they think reptiles, they, they think reptiles, they think dangerous. They think it's a dangerous type of animal. It's such a, such a, um, parochial way of looking at things you know it's it's a real narrow-minded way but you can't blame people they know what they know they hear the stories that they hear you know what i mean it's it's the same with me I, there's something i don't know about you know i'm gonna sound a little bit ignorant to a, to an expert you know so we just try to spread the good word you know that uh most reptiles are not dangerous and they're very interesting animals that have an extremely important part in the in the in the ecology you know and uh um, they, you know, it, it, and they're being wiped out across the planet for the most part. I mean, but what isn't, right? So it's a sad story for for all of nature for the most part, you know. But you do what you can. We we definitely are, are trying to spread the word that uh, you know about conservation, preserve preservation of these uh, at risk species you know that's all you can do but we're definitely passionate about it
0: mike keep up the great work you're doing with the reptiles man and and continue your passions with the martial arts and i know you're having a blast with the drumming you're going to get back into the drumming more and more um it was awesome having you here and and just doing a little dive into your life and hearing about the cool things you're doing and so much experience you have with the reptiles and it's just awesome. I'd love to do another podcast with you in the future. Oh, I look forward to that, yeah. yeah. So give my
1: listeners your uh, social media links, please. Okay, well, I mean, for the most part, our website is uh, Reptile Kingdom Canada. Our Facebook page is Reptile Kingdom Canada. Instagram, same thing, Reptile Kingdom Canada. Um, we are uh, starting to... We, we want to produce some YouTube videos and stuff, some instructional videos. It's nothing that uh, we've we've started yet but in the future it's something that people can look forward to we, we just get the same questions over and over and over at the store oh, how do I fix this problem with my animal how do I take care of this and uh, we were directing people to other people's YouTube videos and figured we, we, this is something might as well do them over. yourself yeah exactly so that's that's the future that's uh, something that people could look forward to but for the most part yeah just Instagram Facebook websites all Reptile Kingdom Canada my cell phone is on every business card that, that we have uh i like to you know just i want people to know that that i'm i'm willing to answer your questions and help yeah, where you're I can a great educator help. doesn't i don't ever, always get back to people within a a day but uh, i definitely do my best you know i, I want to help animals mike help you're these. mike you're truly a gift to the animals oh thanks dave i uh you know it uh, comes natural in a sense I just love them and I, I don't really like you know I, I w- wouldn't want to have it any other way you know I just uh, they, they, I feel like animals are definitely the underdogs they, they need uh, they need a he- helping hand you know
0: Mike enjoy the rest of your day thanks for joining me have a dog gone awesome day Mike
1: <laughs> thanks Dave
0: thanks man hope you guys have a dog gone awesome day I'm Dave McMahon this is unleashed look forward to talking to you next week. Peace. Ciao. Later. Bye.